Recently, I visited one of our cities and the city leader wanted to know, Jean, what kind of feedback do you want from me? And eventually in our discussion, we ended up with the following. I said, I want to know how healthy you, your staff, and the core leadership are of your church. Secondly, I want to know how are you doing in regards to the commitment levels that you are expecting of people giving their time, their energy, their finances to make this church work? And then number three, is this church bringing a positive influence to the community that you are serving? So maybe if you're not a leader of a church, maybe it's a school or maybe a business, it could have similar questions to it. Do you have a healthy core? Are you and your staff doing well, not just healthy, but also efficient? Secondly, in terms of commitment, are people buying your product? How are the commitment levels and the efficiency of your processes? How well are they doing? And then lastly, what's the impact in society, the network or the area that you function in? Are you really bringing a blessing to the community that you're serving? So for today, we want to speak a little bit more about a healthy core. 2023 has been declared in Doxadeo as a year where we want to focus on the incredible theme of love in the Bible. Jesus for us is a cornerstone to our lives. He's the source, he is the beginning, he is the end. And that's why if he would say something like this that we read in John chapter 15, verse 9, he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. That brings to mind a very, very critical leadership discussion that we've made. And that's the following, that on my own, I don't have what it takes. I need to learn how to receive. As the Father has loved me, that capacitated me to love you. And it also determines the level, the quality of the love. As he loves me, it capacitates me. And number two, it gives me the same challenge in the way that he loves me. I'm loving you. Now, Jesus said this to his disciples. And one of his disciples wrote a letter in 1 John where he says, I'm writing these things to you. Now, this is about 90 years later. When Jesus died and was resurrected, John is saying, I'm writing these things to you so that the same fellowship that we had with him in a physical sense, that in a spiritual sense, you can also share in this fellowship. So now Jesus continues and he's speaking not just to the disciples who lived with him. He's speaking to us as his disciples in 2023. He says in John 15 verse 11 to 12, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What a promise, what a promise, what a, what, what a desire that stirs in my heart. Father, I want to live a life that's saturated with a kind of joy that's complete, that really floods every part of my soul. And then he gives us the key. He says, if you want that, love each other as I have loved you. Do you get it? He says, as the Father loved me, I'm loving you. When you continue to let that pour over into the people around you, then you will be the one that will really experience joy. Now, we have a problem with the word love, and that is that our perspective about love 
can be very narrow, very narrow-minded, and uh, we, we may miss some of the dimensions that the word love would include. I think if you really make it quite simple, if you love somebody, the basic premise of your departure point is how can I bring benefit to that person's life? That's what love does. Love is a benefit question. Love is a value statement. I value to the extent that I want to bring benefit. Now, let me give you an example. I have children, for example, and do I love a four-year-old child if I put a loaded gun in the hand of a four-year-old child? A four-year-old child may be asking, Daddy, give me a gun, but it doesn't bring benefit to that child's life if I give them a fully loaded automatic weapon. That's why you buy a gun that just squirts water. <laughs> That's the way that you love your child. So love doesn't mean that I give you everything you ask for. It says whatever I do, now that I'm a leader and I lead my people, love sometimes includes discipline because the discipline brings benefit to their lives. I challenge them very often and I take them to new levels of impact and efficiency because I love them. It's not just an emotion, it's an outcome. But love is something that starts from the heart. It's not an activity first. Jesus says the Father loves me, and if I begin to understand that I am a loved person, that healing and that completeness of joy capacitates me then to love other people well. We're asking this here in Doxaday, we're asking the question, what are we known for? And I want you to consider that question. When people talk about you while you are not around, what are they saying? By the way, what do people say about Jesus? Most of the story of the legacy of Jesus is in regards to his sacrifice, the sacrifice of his love, of how much he loved humanity and that he became flesh. If you wanted to go and look at Philippians chapter 2, you will see it surrendered himself to the extent that he became a servant, died on a cross, was raised by the Father, and now is restored in his lordship and authority. But everything is motivated by his love for humanity. God so loved the world that he gave his son, so that everyone who believes in him, here's the benefit, would not perish, would not deteriorate to an ultimate state of disaster, but would flourish and have life that will last for eternity. So just think about your own reputation. I know that Doxadeo is known for at least three things. We are known for our message, our understanding, our theology, our understanding of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the accomplished work on the cross, and the implications of how we are included in everything that he did in his lifetime. The second thing that we're known for is quality leadership. Our leadership is not always perfect, but it's intergenerational and we have a learning organization. The third thing that we're known for is our transformation and our missional intentionality. But in this year, we are saying, what would it look like if our reputation got a whole new flavor? That our message 
is understood from the perspective of the love of God. That our leadership and our culture as an organization is a loving culture. That people would talk about, not, not so much about what we believe, but how we take care of one another, love one another, develop and grow one another. And obviously, lastly, if you talk about the impact in society, not how we are transforming society, but how the loving presence of God is flooding the streets of our communities. That's the reputation that we're praying about. And I want to make it practical for you in the last couple of minutes. So ask the question to yourself, how did Jesus love people? And I want to give you just a couple of pointers that's challenging me this year. And it's making it practical. It's making it attainable. It's making it achievable. The first thing that I see that Jesus did, he walked around and he chose 12 people to follow him. Now, what's interesting about the culture of the day is that society would typically have rabbi schools and the rabbis would choose the literally those who were doing the best and they would pull them into a further opportunity to grow. The rest of society we're just in the family business. And Jesus reached out to people at that point who society didn't take note of, normal people. That's the very first gift that I see that the love of Jesus brought to the lives of people. He noticed them. He was walking along a road and a blind man was screaming on the side. And instead of being task-driven, Jesus noticed the blind man. He noticed the leper. When parents brought children into his meeting, he noticed the children. He acknowledged them. As a leader, I think that is the first thing that we can do to love people, is to literally look in their eyes and to notice them, notice their uniqueness. Instead of just what are you doing for me as a leader, let me flip it around and ask, how can I bring benefit to your life? The second thing that Jesus did is he brought those people into relationship with him. And he said, follow me. That literally means come and live with me. As a leader, I very often find myself where I am doing the leadership that I'm doing on my own. It's something that I asked my PA to help me with. She's asking me the question constantly, who are you taking with, John? Now, this is not just physically, but also leadership-wise. Who are you bringing into your slipstream so that they can learn the lessons that you have learned? That's the second way that we, we can love people. And obviously, I cannot bring 5,000 people alone. But you, as a leader, have to ask the question, who am I taking along on this journey? And obviously, in this process of noticing and bringing them into relationship he had the intention to teach them. You know, teaching, unfortunately, in our minds, is the conveying of knowledge. But that's not what Jesus did. What Jesus did, what I think how he loved people when he taught them, was to reveal their level of thinking to them, to discover it, to reveal it. And then he did something with the truth that he imparted to elevate their thinking. That is what a good teacher does. When you love people, you help them to discover the level of their own thinking and you elevate it to a higher level of thinking. 
And that immediately flows into the obvious second step of the teaching. Jesus empowered them. Many times it's not taught, it is caught. When you in, allow people in your space and you're constantly showing them the level of thinking, elevating thinking, empowering them is such a positive next gift that you can give. Empowering means that I give you space to do it. I give you space to experiment. He did that with his disciples. And then he also promised the Holy Spirit, which is such a big promise because he knew that if they were to discover a higher purpose, and by the way, maybe everything that we're talking about now is how God loves us. He gives us a higher purpose. It, I'm not just the father of a family. I am a father representing a heavenly father in my family. I'm just a, not just a leader uh, in my workspace. No, I am a person representing God in my workspace and in society. That gives us a higher a purpose. He took fishers, excuse me, he took fishermen and he made them fishers of men. Now, come on, what are you doing to give the people that you lead and love really something of a purpose that they would not achieve on their own? In the end, Jesus said, okay, I'm going away. I'm going to release you guys. You can go and do it in your own time, on your own way, but I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to be with you. And that to me is where we are today. Jesus positioned himself as a coach in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, just leave the theology for a moment. I think the question that I'm asking is, are you growing to a place where the people that you lead and the people that you love, that you are bringing them to a place where their higher purpose is so developed that you can release them to do it in their own way, but you're available to support and to strengthen and to help them to really fly. Well, let me end this with a discovery that I've made. If you want to love people, you're going to run out of capacity. It's impossible for you to lead a hundred people uh, on the same level of quality. It's impossible. I remember reading that John Maxwell said, effectively, you can only eat five to seven people. Jesus had 12. That was part of his, his inner circle, but he chose three out of the 12 that he took every, everywhere with him. So I want you to really think about this challenge. If you want to lead 10 and 20 and 100 and maybe 1,000 people, you will constantly get to a point where you have to choose your 12, where you have to choose for me, it's, it's 10 people. And I, I know that I have the capacity to lead and love them well in the way that Jesus loves me. I'm hoping that you will discover this and this will set you up for a glorious next year and also a glorious season that is ahead. <music>